Thank you for listening to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Keith. I'll be your host today. With me, as always, is Barry Edgman, the founder and creator of the Father Seekers Podcast. Barry, how are you doing today, sir? Keith, I'm awesome. I'm glad to be here and really excited to see where this thing goes today. Awesome, awesome. I'm really excited to be here too. Barry, you uh, you reached out to me via text message saying, hey, I'd like you to host the show. Um, I'd like you to host a few shows, actually. Uh, your idea was that we, we're going to have five topics here that you want to touch on. Five topics that uh, are all going to be kind of wrapped together, um, like with the same idea, but five topics in particular, each show revolving around one topic. All right. Mm-hmm. The text message you sent me this morning so I had a little bit of time to digest it. Not a whole lot. It read this. The idea for today's show, good fathers, by intention and with words, they create. All right. So great idea. Massive idea. Let me read that again for you. Good fathers, by intention and with words, they create. By intention and with words, good fathers create. I'll tell you, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's big. Um, so I, we'll start the show by, by saying, hey, when you text me that, what was your idea? Unload, unload the sentence on what your, your intent and idea for the show is. One of the, one of the things that we're doing uh, with Father Seekers is to figure out ways that we can communicate with fatherless fathers. And one of the biggest feedbacks I, I receive is, hey, how do you do this? Or how, how do I, or what, what's next? So as we move along, uh, these things begin to emerge, four or five of these things. And I begin to do a little search on five. There's more than five, but the top five things good fathers do begin to be a thought pattern, an idea, and and eventually, we're going to have all this information on the website, and it's actually going to be in the form of a free digital download. Free digital download, so like a like a digital book. Well, yeah, mini mini digital book. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, good, good, good idea. Um, the sentence itself. So, mm-hmm. like you said, you you get you get plenty of people questioning, mm-hmm. plenty of emails. Being a good dad isn't an easy thing. Mm-hmm. All right. If it was easy. I guess none of us would need instruction for it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all of us would do it confidently. So we know it's not as simple as reading a sentence like, well, by intention and with words, yeah, they create. Well, one of the things about this topic, I think Keith is going to be really good is this, this can apply to any dad, but especially fatherless dads who grew up without a pattern, without a model, without somebody saying, Hey, this is how you do it. But the thought, by intention and with words, they create directly to fatherless fathers. We look back to the original design, and our tagline at Father Seekers is restoring fatherhood's foundation to original design. And we go back to the original design, and the original design was father and son before anything was created. The universe didn't exist. So God had a plan. Even before any of anything was created, including man, he had a plan for his son. And and when he created Father God created the universe in in his mind, he had intention. 
and plan for his son. So with his words, the father spoke the universe into, into existence and his son was there and, and was in, in part involved and, and was going to be purposefully inserted into that picture. There was a design, there was a legacy, there was, there was a plan, there was this, this whole concept of my son is going to be center place on this, on this deal. So when we say original design and when we say that good fathers by intention and with words create, they create futures for their kids. As you explained that to me, a few things were running through my head. Like, I, I understand the, the, the godly nature of the sentence, mm-hmm. but how do I apply that to, to, to like my life? Mm-hmm. How, I mean, I in no way, shape or form uh, would be anywhere near a perfect human being, let alone a God. Mm-hmm. And the sentence God intended with creation and with his son with words. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to me? Good question and fair question. I would again go back to the original the the original part, the design part of that and say that God created us in his image. So therefore, he created us to do the things that he did as he placed us in his creation, he created us to do those same things. So he created a pattern he didn't make us gods. He created us a pattern as God for us to follow and to live out. Now, the part of that that we want to go further, a step further with, is that in Proverbs, the scripture says, train up a child in the way it should go, and he won't depart from it. He or she won't depart. What that means is, is we have to figure out how God designed our kids. And part of that that idea there, the Hebrew word actually means kids are created in a bent towards something, like they're created to be a musician or a singer or a, a tech-savvy kid or an accountant or an electrician. And then we figure that out and we help grow them. We speak words of life to them. We design opportunities for them. We don't, we don't hijack their future and we don't tell them, hey, you're going to do this. But we help them find that. And part of that is directing them toward what we understand God created them to be. Okay. All right. So that's, that, that's a little more take, take home uh, from that statement. So as a, as a father myself of two, by intention with words, they create. So let me see if, if, I'm, if I'm getting what you're saying here. Um, in the beginning, God created man created his son, created the universe. Uh, he did that through words and with intent. How I translate that today is through my words and through my intentions, I can also create a successful human being or a complete nut job, right? <laughs> yep. So by intention, so I think, I think a lot of human beings don't like... A lot of human beings know they're, they're trying. They're trying, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I think a lot of human beings don't really understand that they're lacking in certain areas. Mm-hmm. As a child, it's not, it's, not a child's to, it's not up to a child to figure out if their household's healthy, mm-hmm. right? That's not on the child. Mm-hmm. It's on the parent. Right. 
That's good. good That's really good. By intention and with words create, it's not the child's job Mm -hmm. to create, right? The child's job is to almost replicate what they see. Like how you said, scripturally, we have a pattern in front of Mm us, right? We have a design in front of us. Mm -hmm. Now replicate it. Mm. Do the best of your ability and replicate it. So it's not, it's not necessarily the child's uh, fault. Is it the child's fault then if they grow up and are completely broken because of their circumstance? No, no, it's not the child's fault. One of, one of the, the topics that has emerged out of, out of what we're doing here is that fatherless dads were yoked with growing up without a dad. They weren't burdened because burdens are a choice, but yokes are not a choice. So as a fatherless dad, to, to laser beam focus, if, if we didn't have a model, a teacher, a guide, a mentor, a, just a dad who loved us, then it's for us to figure out. And hopefully some man or, or some woman or some person would intervene in our lives and say, hey, man, look, there's a way to do this better than you're doing it. And that way is starts with Jesus. And then to through Jesus, we have an advocate with the Father. We have this, this ability to connect with the greatest Father that ever existed. Now, that in between is, I think, the part you're talking about. Is it the kid's fault? Well, no, it's not the kid's fault, but the kid, again, is yoked with with historical issues that have come down through the family tree. Okay, so it not being the child's fault, the fault, I guess if we're pointing fingers, right, the fault would lie then on, the burden is on the father, right? Sure. So as a father myself, and I think, I think, my, so I, I question, am I doing, am I doing the right thing here? Mm. Is this decision right for my family? Is, is how I discipline, is this the appropriate way to do it, to raise children of, of God? Mm-hmm. And a fear of mine is that I, I, I don't do it the right way. And I only realize that and it's too late, mm. right? So it's not the child's fault. We'll put that on the parents. We'll put that on the father in, the, in mm-hmm. this circumstance. Mm-hmm. What kind of advi- advice? Mm-hmm. Is advice probably even the, the right word here? What, it, what advice would you direct towards a, a father like myself, maybe that we have the right intention, we're using the words we think the best we can? How do we know when we're doing, if, if we're doing it right? Yeah, well, again, that's a good question. And the other side of that is that we have, we, if we believe in Jesus, we have Jesus to help us. But we also have, we're encouraged in scripture to look at and find other mentors who have done it well and say, hey, how do I do this? Or, or, or how, how do I execute this concept? That's part of what Father Seekers is about. The other part of that is, is that Jesus is a graceful, merciful Savior, and he is always there to help us and lead us and guide us, even when we make those mistakes. I don't think it's ever too late. As long as you have breath and your lungs and your kids do as well, it's never too late. 
But the idea is to not get sidetracked with what we're doing that's not been so good in the past, but what are we going to do now? And what are we going to do today? And how are we going to move forward? I like that. Now with this knowledge that we have, what do we do? Because if you don't know, you just don't know. And if you don't know, you're going to make mistakes. But once you understand that, wait, hold on, there's a better way. Then we move. And and here's where the miraculous power of Jesus comes in. When we realize that, man, I am not doing this well, I'm mucking this up, and we invite the Savior in and say, look, I grew up without a dad. Your father said he would be a father to the fatherless. I need him to be a father to me and show me how, what do I do? Then then it kicks in. The power of Jesus kicks in. The power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit kicks in. And then he begins to guide us and connects us with people and relationships and ideas and concepts and scripture that says, this is the way you do it. Staying the same way that we are, after we found knowledge to know the the difference and the better how to do it, then that's where we get stuck in the rut like you're talking about. And that's where the judgment comes in. When we know to do better and we don't do it, then there's an issue. And then our kids pay for it. Not just not just us, but our kids pay for it because I do believe in generational curses and I do believe that things pass down to our kids if we don't address them now. Well, that's that's one of those uh, psychological studies of, of generational curses um, what passes down, um, that's like one of the most obvious studies in all of existence, right? Mm-hmm. You, uh, children replicate what they see. Mm-hmm. They replicate their actions by what they see, how they're treated. That's, that's absolutely uh, a, a sure thing. Like there's, there's very difficult debate on it. Um, so as a, as, as a dad, knowing that I'm being watched, right? <laughs> Knowing, sure. knowing I'm being no watched, what, what type of, what type of takeaways do you have? Like, how do you talk to children then? Like, how do you talk to your kids? I, I know there's a few things I do. Uh, one in particular is when there needs to be a, a moment of discipline or there needs to be a moment of loving. I, I, I kneel down and I talk eye to eye to them. I don't talk at an angle, right? Um, I don't look down on them. I, I, I look directly in their eyes to do these things. What kind of what kind of suggestions would you have uh, to fathers, fathers like myself, mm-hmm. like like yourself, that didn't have those things, right? They, they don't have any. They don't have those ideas. They don't have. As I said that, I'm hoping one or two listeners are like, "Oh, well, that's a that's a really good idea." Like eye to eye, that mm. that probably responds pretty good. What other stuff would you have? Okay, so the first thing that I would say is stop the blame game. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame your 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 dad. What happened happened. It is what it is. But now it's our responsibility to say, "All right, here I am. I, I'm I'm right here. So what do I need to do to change? Because because you and I we're direct connectors between past, and we sit in the present, and we connect with the future. So. That present is always a bubble that continues to move. We're always in the present, always. But we're moving from past into future, into legacy. So when we understand that concept, we know that right now I can change the future 
because I understand the past. And in this bubble of the present, I have control of what happens right now. So I can begin to sow the seeds. I can begin to speak those words of change. I can begin to not be so hard and so so disconnected. I begin to understand that I've got to love this little dude and this little girl like I understand Jesus loves me. And like I understand as best I can right now how his father loves him. That's the one thing I would say. That's that's predominant. The what, what stuck out to me when you said that was like loving loving your children like like Christ like Christ loves you, right? And I pray to Christ and in prayer that's talking, right? Mm-hmm. I also meditate. Mm-hmm. Meditation is listening, mm-hmm. right? So if we if we if we only do one half of that, that relationship is skewed. So I, I think of this as like, if, if my child's only listening to me, listening to what I should be, what they should be doing, what they did wrong, what they did right, um, that relationship is skewed, right? I also need to hear what my child is saying. Like, as I pray to Christ, Christ's hearing me. He's listening to the things that, that are bothering me. He's listening to the things that I'm happy about. He's listening. And then in meditation, my father can talk to me, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of a lot of parents, dads in particular, we it's only it, it's a lot of talking from the father's portion, mm-hmm. but we also have to listen. You know, you've hit on something there, Keith, and that that is this that that our father in heaven says very few words. Like he listens more than he speaks. What we have to do as dads is to trust that God gives us the words to say and not over-communicate. The only thing that we can over-communicate to our kids successfully is love. We can't over-communicate discipline or correction, but we can over-communicate love. But most, most of what we need to do is to listen. We grew up without having anybody listen to us. Right. So we tried to talk a lot and convince people. You're right. We're not trying to convince our kids that we love them or that right. we're their dad. We're trying to convince them that I love you and I'm going to listen to you. One of the biggest impacts that this conversation that we had today can have is speak when you need to speak. Uh, speak directly when you need to speak directly. But listen, listen. That If, if you don't listen to the, the little stuff, the, the what did you do? What did you do at school today? Mm-hmm. Oh, and they start and, and they talk about just like as an adult, you're like, wow, that's. It's a lot of stuff you're talking about there. Um, it, it seems like almost that. And then at lunch we had this. And if you don't listen to those things, especially now, when the big things happen, mm. they're not going to want to talk about those. Mm. So I, I make it a, a point, like when I pick my my children up from daycare, and and so they're five and six, right? So the stuff that that happened that day is like so wild, right? But if I don't listen to that and take it in and receive it and process it and show that I care about that, I promise when they're 15 and 16, they, they'll have been raised with the idea of, well, well that doesn't really, mm. not going to listen. So that for me is the biggest takeaway in, in, in this statement of by intention and by intention is listen, right? Listen when your children speak 
and with words. So when I speak to my child, we can create, Hmm. right? We are either going to create a confident, self-assured human being because they know that they can express their feelings and thoughts and be heard and and, and processed or, or, or we're going to, we're not Mm. right. And, and, and and we don't want to have the not and the, 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 the bad thing, terrible thing about that is that ultimately we don't know how that plays out, how we did until it's far, far too late. Correct. That's so true. Well, I think the one thing that I would say is, is this the quietest guy in the room is the most powerful guy, but the superpower to that is the quietest and the calmest guy in the room is the superpower in the room. That alone should be, it's probably its own show. And we definitely don't have time to, to, to digest that last sentence. Right. But so we are going to wrap up for this show, the, the show with the intention of by intention and with words, Good Fathers Create. Uh, we will be back again on our next show covering another topic of our five series topics. Uh, so we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Barry, w- any last nuggets? Overlove your kid. Overlove your kid. Wow. That alone, the 20-minute the podcast we had here could have been, hey, welcome to Father Seekers. Overlove your kid. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. Until next time.